Welcome to the Podglomerate. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or was just too hard to ask your partner, welcome to the Sex Wrap. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Sex Wrap, uh, where we answer your questions about sex, relationships, sexual health, STDs, anything at all. We love to answer your questions. And by we, I mean me and Spring. How are you today, Spring? Oh, I missed you so much last week. I'm so glad you're back. Oh, I'm so happy to be here with you today. I'm really sad to have missed out the, the conversation that you um, had with Cindy Uh I have to listen to it when it comes out. I mean, I know we all love talking about butt stuff. So I know it was a hard one for you to miss. <laughs> uh, hard one. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see what unfolded during that episode. Um, but uh, check it out, everybody. You haven't listened to it yet, but Cindy brought back the dad jokes on our episode last week. And I was so excited. So... <laughs> Andrew's looking at face right now that he is looking very angry. <laughs> very, like, I'm really into dad jokes. It's like when someone asks me what my astrological sign is, I'm like, well, we're not friends. Um, dad. Anyway. Uh, what does that have to do with dad jokes? <laughs> uh, no, in my head, they all sort of go in the same place. Like, like. Astrological signs, like. <laughs> dad jokes, puns. conversations you're not willing to have. <laughs> oh. Oh. All right. Yeah. Well, what are we talking about today? What is all the. So, all month we've been talking about first, right? We were talking about like first time having sex, first time doing butt stuff, uh, first time doing uh, different kinds of relationships. Today we're talking about what should my first open relationship look like? This is another one of those topics where we get thousands of questions. People really love to talk about poly and open relationships. Um, well, we have some previous episodes you can check out as well. Um, but today the question we're asking is, what should my first open relationship be like? Yeah, and this one is so great because um, it goes along, you know, with this theme of like, okay, I want to try something new. And a lot of people think, oh, I want to try an open relationship either because they haven't had success in past relationships in other models, or they think that the current relationship they were in might be better if they opened it up. And there's a lot of curiosity about what it's like to be in an open relationship. And so a lot of people think like, yeah, this is something I want to try. And so we're going to talk today about all of those things that you need to think about, all the things that you want to consider and the conversations you need to have so that if you want to try that, if that's something that you've been thinking about, you're ready. I like that you said if and if, because the first question that I ask people when they say, hey, we're really interested in an open relationship. What do we do? Or I think we need one. I'm like, all right, why, why do you want this? Right? Like, what is the rationale behind you wanting to open this relationship? Um, because most of the time, uh, people say they want to open the relationship because there's some kind of problem, there's some kind of turmoil, there's some kind of mismatched libido, there's some kind, there's something bad going on in the relationship. And instead of fixing that thing in the relationship, they think opening it up is the thing that's going to make everything better. Um, and, and, 
Spring, what, what is the obvious thing that we're, we're both going to say if someone comes to us and say, hey, we're thinking about open re- opening our relationship up and they say there are some problems, what do you say back? In some instances, it could be the solution to the problem, but usually it is not. <laughs> I could think of an example where where it could work. I mean, like you said, mismatch libido, you know, like if there is, that is the only thing in the relationship and one person has a really high sex drive and one person has a really low sex drive and that person is okay with them getting that need fulfilled in another place. Like, actually, I think, you know, that is a great example of where a problem in quotes in the relationship could be solved by an open relationship. Um, but a lot of times people are just um, experiencing jealousy issues or they're experiencing like a lot of arguments or things aren't just going well in the relationship and they think, oh, let's try opening it up just as this like last last ditch attempt to try to save something from the relationship instead of breaking up with somebody. And that's the thing where we're saying, hey. <laughs> and and even in those cases with mis- mismatched libidos, you don't just say, let's open up the relationship. You do some real work. You talk through a whole bunch of issues. You make sure that this is the solution that's going to sort of work on addressing that issue. Um, yeah, but most of the time, it's like, a, you know, you see a couple who are disastrous and don't like each other and like you think they should break up. I, I think that about a lot of relationships. Um, like, <laughs> let's have a let's have a baby to make this better. I'm like, no, 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 no. That is not a band aid that you want to put on to a broken relationship. And if you're in a relationship where you're experiencing significant turmoil, opening it up is something that's probably going to make it a whole lot worse, right? Um, so if you do everything right, even if you do everything right and you prep for it and you're in it for good reasons, opening your relationships can permanently change what's going on inside of that relationship as well. So there is some risk, um, even if you do it in the most healthy of ways. Uh, but like the question I would ask right away, like, hey, we're thinking about opening our relationship and we want to be good about it. I'm like, all right, well, why are you doing it? Do you need one? Do you do you really want one? Or is there something else going on that you think that this might address? Um, and you should be really careful, right? Because once you open up a relationship, it does change that relationship. It can make it stronger and better, and it can make you more intimate and make you more in love with that person. But it can bring out all of the worst parts of the human spirit as well, like envy and jealousy and anger and fear of abandonment and like all of these things can pop up. And so we're talking about, you know, what should my first open relationship be like? And your first open relationship doesn't have to come from a relationship you're already in. You can enter into an open relationship as the way of starting out a relationship with a new partner also, right? So I think we'll we'll touch on each of those as we're talking today. So if you are starting to date someone and you're interested in trying an open relationship, you could start to have those conversations as you're starting the relationship, which I think is... Um, a a great way to explore having an open relationship because there's kind of less to risk in that situation, right? You haven't already invested so much and you don't feel like, oh, I'm going to lose something that I've put a lot of work into. And so there's a lot kind of riding on it. It's more like, let's try this model and see how this works for us as we're kind of entering into something together, which I think can be Uh, a safer way for a lot of people to try out um, open relationships. 
Yeah, like starting out from the beginning and having the conversations at the beginning, in many ways, it's a lot easier than, you know, you've been with someone for two, three, five, 10, 20 years, right? Like there's a lot of baggage in that relationship, both good and bad. And, you know, having to sort through all of that to be successful in your open relationships a lot harder than just starting out at the beginning. Um, I think another really interesting way to look at it is a lot of people already play with or are in open relationships. If we look at dating, um, most people when they're dating aren't just dating one person at a time, especially, you know, like if you're not seriously committed to any one person, a lot of times you'll be dating two, three, four people. Like a lot, you have some experience in what it looks like. You might not be doing it like in full honesty and healthfully, but uh, unless you've had that conversation about being exclusive with the person, like go into those relationships, like assuming that they're seeing other people as well. Um, so you, you you kind of already know a little bit of that background. And I love spring, like the idea of like going into a new relationship, talking about it being open from the very beginning. Um, now, if I take a step back from all of this open relationships, when I think about it, every human being has an ocean of needs, right? We have physical needs, social needs, sexual needs, emotional needs, spiritual needs, physical needs, housing needs, comfort needs. Like the list of needs that we have as human beings is huge. Like we really need a whole village to supply all of our needs. And if we are a healthy human being in our lives, we've surrounded ourselves by that village and all of those needs are fulfilled. Except for sex, right? Sex is this one spot where we're told there's only one person who's ever supposed to fulfill all of our sexual needs and all of our romantic needs and all of our intimate needs. Um, and it's the only place in our life where that happens. All of the other kinds of needs that we have as human beings, as social creatures, we get filled in a variety of ways, like tons of different ways where we get those needs filled. Um, and I think that's a good starting point for talking about open relationships as well. There is no one perfect other person. There is no one perfect sexual person who can fulfill all of your sexual needs as well. And once you start to understand that, like, and you realize all of the people you're with, you're not their perfect other, right? Like, that's the sort of, like, good open mindset to start those conversations about open relationships that, yeah, you can be great. And yeah, you can fulfill some of their needs, but you are not the perfect. And an open relationship is a way to start addressing that broader, like, hey, I want, like, I like you or I love you and I want all of your needs to be fulfilled. Open relationships are a way to make sure that you are completely fulfilled or you can work towards that sort of fulfillment. And what Andrew was just talking about, um, he was kind of suggesting that in all open relationships, people are having sex outside of the relationship. But actually, in open relationships, people can create any type of boundaries they choose to create. So in some open relationships, people might have sex with other partners. In some open relationships, people might go on dates with other partners and not have sex with them. Or in some open relationships, people might have boundaries where you can do certain types of sexual activities with other partners. And sometimes the relationships aren't about sex at all, but are about companionship and about um, involving each other in areas of your life where your partner doesn't like to be involved or activities that your partner doesn't like to do with you outside of the bedroom. So um, all types of open relationships are different and people get all types of different needs met out of these other relationships. And so 
that's the really cool thing about open relationships is that it isn't just one definition of what this looks like and what it has to be. When you are dating someone and you are creating an open relationship, you get to create what works for both of you to have an open relationship where you can explore whatever needs it is you want to explore outside of that relationship. And as you're having that conversation, that exploration outside, um, if you want an open relationship, you need to make sure that the relationship is open for all members of that relationship as well. Now, like, you know, if Spring and I were dating and Spring wanted an open relationship and I wasn't really interested in it, but I wanted her to be fulfilled, she could still go get her needs outside of the relationship. I wouldn't have to, but... Um, so frequently, I'm sure Spring hears this from people as well. Like you, people want to move into an open relationship where only one person is supposed to be work doing anything outside of the relationship. Um, you need to have balance inside of these relationships, right? If you're opening up your relationship, you need to be open to all parties, making sure that their needs are fulfilled. You should be really careful. So, like, if if you want an open relationship but you only want it for yourself, then it's not an open relationship, right? It's very likely if you're moving towards an open relationship that one person will be more into it than the other. And that's okay too. But if you go into it saying like, I want liberty to do these extra things, but you should not have that liberty, that is, that, that's not an open relationship. And it means that there's problems in your relationship that you should be addressing. And an open relationship is not the answer. And we have a whole episode about that actually we have an episode 149 called am i selfish for not wanting an open relationship where we kind of talk about some of those things where it's like somebody feels like i just have too many feelings about that (laughs) that aren't gonna work for me so if you're feeling that come up even in listening to this episode then that's something to explore for yourself and it doesn't mean that you're a bad person. It means that that's probably not a good relationship fit for you at this time in your life. And that's completely okay. Yeah. All right. Well, when we get back, we're going to talk about some ways that you can prepare yourself better for this first open relationship as you move into it um, and talk about some other tips and strategies to make sure that you're healthy and successful. But we'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. Today, we are talking about that first open relationship. Now, if you're already in one, we would love to hear from you. Um, so if you check out our Instagram, you'll see posts um, all week long about social or about open relationships. So uh, comment there, DM us, let us know your thoughts and feelings. But if you've never been in one, we're talking about what do we do? How do we make it work? And I think psychological prep is really important. And Spring and I have both touched on it a little bit. Um, and I had mentioned a few minutes ago, that uh, often when you change a closed relationship into an open relationship, it can open a real can of worms. All of these negative emotions can come out. Um, And I said uh, right before break, we should talk about psychological prep, right? Um, And there's a lot of psychological prep. We're not talking necessarily about going to a psychologist. We're talking about reflect and know yourself and understand the emotions that come out when you start dealing with these issues. And really, think about those issues. And the number one emotion that comes up when people start moving towards open relationships or talk about open relationships is jealousy. And I love this idea of like, okay, our first step here is get to know yourself because this is our first step 
in every area of our sexuality in our relationships, right? Like we've talked about this all month because we've been talking about first. And, you know, when we were talking about first time, we're like, okay, first get to know what you like, get to know your own body. And the first threesomes we talked about, okay, let's talk about these feelings that are going to come up. In the first anal, we talked about touch your own butthole first, right? So <laughs> it's the same thing here. Before you come to a partner and say, hey, let's try this open thing. First, start to think about all of these things for yourself. Maybe even do some journaling about it. Talk to some friends about it, right? Start to talk about if you have any friends that are open in a relationship, ask them how it feels for them. What things have they experienced? What's been hard for them? Have conversations with them. Like what, what do you think I would do in that situation? How would I handle that knowing, knowing me? Like you can start to have these conversations with yourself and with your friends to start to explore your own feelings, start to explore how you might react in these situations, how you might feel so that you can have this good idea of what you want and what you think you would like to try in an open relationship before you start to have those conversations with a partner. And jealousy is, like I said, the top of emotion that pops up for a lot of people. Um, We're trained our entire lives, uh, like, you know, from children's cartoons to movies to parents to religion, like all of these places uh, tell us that you should own and you should control your partner's sexuality. Like you are the person who's supposed to be in charge of it. They owe it all to you. They only give it to you. Um, And when you move into open relationships, that reflection process that Spring's talking about is breaking down that idea of jealousy, breaking down the idea that you're the perfect partner in every single way, breaking down the idea that you have control or ownership over somebody else's intimacy. Um, But jealousy comes to mind and jealousy is really toxic to relationships as well. Um, And if you're reflecting and jealousy keeps bubbling to the surface, right? If jealousy keeps coming out and like you imagine your partner going on a date and holding hands and kissing somebody else and you're freaking the F out and you're jealous, You have to work through that jealousy first. You have to understand where that jealousy is coming from because most of the time when we really look into jealousy, it's about our own insecurities that we're sort of putting on someone else. Um, So jealousy is that psychological prep that you have to A, understand where you stand with jealousy and how it works for you. B, understand where that jealousy is coming from. And then three or C, Start unpacking that jealousy, really investigating it and making sure that it doesn't have control over you and in your relationships. And I'm saying this as like three easy steps. Undoing a lifetime of learning to be jealous of other people you're in a relationship with is a lot of work, a lot of heavy lifting, a lot of psychological prep to be successful in open relationships. But if you're hyper jealous all of the time, be thoughtful about it. And even if you aren't interested in an open relationship, right, even if it's something that you don't want to do, if you don't think you need it, but you're still super, super, super jealous of your partner, like jealousy is really toxic. And when we look at relationships that fail, jealousy is often very high on the list of reasons why relationships are either toxic or stop being successful. So that psychological prep, jealousy, think about it, work through it. Yeah. And it's, everywhere in our society. We've talked about this um, last month also when we were talking about the media and we were talking about how media tries to perpetuate these ideas, you know, that jealousy means you love someone and no, that's not true. Um, And yet it still is a very common myth in our society. So, you know, there's a lot of... um, 
self-examination you need to do with all of these feelings and thinking like, okay, um, if jealousy comes up, that's fine. It's not like you're a bad person or you're doing open relationships wrong if you get jealous. It's then saying, okay, what do I do with this emotion? How do I handle it? How do I respond to it? How do I have a conversation with my partner about it? And then moving on from there. And so that's the real trick. And so as you're like thinking about trying an open relationship out, it's just really good practice to think through all of these things first and then say like, okay, I think I know how I'll respond. I think I know how I want to react. I think I know what I might want. Now let me explore this with a partner and see if they're into these ideas. (laughs) The opposite of jealousy is this amazing emotion called compersion. Um, And compersion is whenever you take joy or you feel good knowing that your partner is feeling good or that their partner is being fulfilled or that their partner, your partner feels nice. And you're like, oh, I love that my partner feels nice. It's called compersion. Um, And you can work on building compersion skills, right? In a healthy relationship, I hope that you want your partner to have a good day and a good night and to feel good and feel loved and all of those other positive emotions. And if you can focus on that, that can really help chip away at some of this lifelong learning of jealousy, flipping that onto compersion. And it is practice. It's real practice. All of these things are. It's not like the first time you're just going to nail it. And compersion is um, something that you can practice all the time. Anytime one of your friends posts, you know, that something great happened to them, like practice feeling like, I'm so happy for them. Like say it to yourself and start to feel it and start to feel like, Their happiness does not distract from mine. Their happiness is not a reflection of what I have done in this relationship. Their happiness is unique and I want them to be happy because I love them and really start practicing that feeling and practice it for your friends, practice it for your partners and all aspects of your life. And that makes that then a lot easier when you're in an open relationship and your partner goes out with someone else and has a great date. And then you've been practicing the skill. And now you can say like, I'm so happy they had a great date without me. I mean, I I mean, I love that practicing with your friends as well. Um, Social media is a toxic space. You can listen to our episodes last month. There's a lot of bad things that come from it um, because we're trained to make happiness and joy competitive. Compersion is the solution to all of those things, because instead of you being competitive and like, oh, well, my picture of my vacation, look how happy I eh, you get rid of all of that. You're like, I'm so happy that you had a great time on your vacation. And it fills me with joy that you have joy in you as well. And with that joy, we need to take a short break. When we're back, we're going to talk a little bit about rules. We're going to talk a little bit about communication. And we'll have some final thoughts on your first open relationship. Welcome back, everybody. Open relationships, everything you need to know to have a successful first one. That's that's not really true. Everything that you need to know to try to have one and hopefully not have it explode terribly in a fiery pit of jealousy and negative emotions and breakups. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> 
So we were talking about psychological prep. We talked about jealousy. You're going to have other negative emotions come up as well. You have to do the same thing with all of them. You got to work through them. You really got to examine them. Um, And the great thing about that psychological prep is if you are single right now today, you can start that psychological prep. You can start working on how do I address these feelings before you're in a relationship with anybody at all. Um, If you're already in a relationship, you do that psychological prep with the other person. You talk and communicate with your partner if you're talking about opening up that relationship with like, hey, I'm struggling with X, Y, or Z. And you talk about it and try to figure out ways to make it a positive instead of a negative. Um, but like, like I said, that, that psychological prep, start that today. Even if, it, like, even if you never think you're going to be in an open relationship, start practicing those thoughts today because the things that make for a healthy open relationship are also the things that make for healthy friendships and family relationships as well. It's finding joy in your partner experiencing joy. Like practice that today. Yeah. That was supposed to be my final. Dang it. Messed up. All right. Well, the other things that you can always practice are communication. And we know that in open relationships, there's a lot more communication that needs to happen. And, you know, I think the more communication in any relationship, the better it's going to be. But the thing with open relationships is that you can't just assume things because that's what happens sometimes in relationships that are more monogamous. There's a lot of assumptions happening about, you know, um, everything is fine. We don't need to talk about it. We're just still going along just as we always have been. And I think that the more that you communicate in any relationship, the better it's going to be. But in open relationships, there's a requirement for more communication because you do need to check in about, how your partner is feeling about, you know, when you're spending time with other people. And so the communication skill is another one that you can start to build, even if you are not in an open relationship, but you think you might want to be in one someday. So starting to practice more and more when you have a a response, when you have like something come up for yourself in a relationship, go to your partner, have a conversation about it. Like, work through it yourself first, like have your own like little response to it. And then come to your partner and say, Hey, this happened for me. I want to have a conversation about it. And this is going to be that practice for your first open relationship. Also, it's that whole idea of checking in, asking questions, making sure that they're okay, making sure that you're okay, and having an ongoing long-term conversation about what that open relationship looks like. Um, I think another area and another reason why a lot of relationships fail is that uh, most of the time, the relationships that we see modeled in our families and in the media, um, they don't come with care and attention put into that relationship every day. It's like, oh, while I'm with this person, everything's fine. Um, Healthy relationships take constant effort. They take constant work. They take constant energy. And the work and energy I'm talking about, is like it's not like heavy lifting work, but it's focusing and making sure that that other person and the relationship and the connection that you have is, is built up and solid. Um, if you're moving towards an open relationship, you have to make sure that you're spending that energy very directly and specifically on the other person to keep the communication open, to keep the negative feelings either dealt with or under wraps or, you know, resolved in a way that's positive at the end of the conversation as well. Um, but it's really important when you're moving into an open relationship to be doing all of this communication practice with the other person, right? Because because relationships do take work. Um and 
you have to put effort in. And if you're in an open relationship, you're doing more, like it's more than double the amount of work you would normally be doing in a relationship because you have your original relationship, perhaps your primary, secondary, however you're going to label them, your, your, your relationship you're in that's going to take work. You're going to have your other relationship. That's going to take work. And then to be healthy in all of those relationships is going to require extra emotional, intimate work to keep everything together. So just when you're moving in, practice communication, work on negative emotions, and know that it's going to require additional effort. And whatever that looks like in terms of your relationship, whether it's scheduled time or making sure that you spend time or texts or however you communicate with your partner, making sure that that's built into what you're doing, that work that makes a relationship successful. It's going to take more of it to be successful in an open relationship. I mean, we we barely even touched on talking about, you know, like what boundaries make you feel safe within a relationship. Um, I mean, we alluded to it a little bit, but I mean, I think that, um, you know, we talked about each open relationship is different and each open relationship will have its own boundaries within it. And, you know, as you have more than one open relationship then happening at a time, each of those boundaries within those separate relationships will also look different. And so, um, one thing that you could think about, you know, before you're actually entrained into an open relationship is what type of boundaries would help you feel safe within that open relationship? What type of boundaries are you willing to negotiate? What type of boundaries will you not be willing to negotiate? Which ones are like mandatory for you to feel safe? And then starting to explore um, even just why you feel that way about each of those boundaries so that you are ready to have all of those conversations with your partner. So you're ready to say like, this one I need and this is why. Yeah, we have a whole episode about this. Episode 28 is about rules and how to have it's more poly, but you know, open relationships are kind of poly anyway. Um, but you need a ton of rules and you have rules that you will abide by. I'm going to say it again. I say it to everybody who talks to me about open relationships and poly. You can cheat in poly relationships as well. It's actually easier to cheat in open relationships than it is in other kinds of relationships because there are more rules and more boundaries that need to be respected and followed. Um, it is not an open relationship if you're just going out and not telling your partner what's going on. That is called cheating. You're an a-hole. Don't do that. Um, but uh, establishing those rules and boundaries are really important. And I love that Spring talked about it in terms of comfort and safety, right? Like what would make you comfortable? What would keep you safe? What would make you feel good? What would help build compersion inside of your relationship? Um, and then really ask those questions like, what do I need to be fully fulfilled and happy as a human being? And how can I get those things? Because that's what those rules should be about. And remember, all parties need to sign on to those rules for them to be in place and for you to be okay in your first open relationship. If everyone has not signed on to those rules, if there is one party who's like, eh, I'm not so sure about this, you are not in an open relationship, you may not go out and do other things with other people until you get everybody <laughs> on board. Um, and you know, sometimes there will be some people who do not want to have an open relationship. And that's okay too. Um, so if you have somebody who really wants one and you have somebody who absolutely does not want one, then you need to have some conversations about where you stand with each other and, and what your relationship means and whether or not you need to change it or continue it or perhaps, I'm not going to say break up. Oh, I just did. No. Um, <laughs> but we need to be really careful. Yeah. And the other thing is, 
that boundaries can change over time, right? So um, you can constantly have more conversations about these things. So you might say like, okay, let's try this boundary out and see how it feels for both of us. And then let's check in in a week. Let's check in again in two weeks. Let's check in again in three weeks. Okay, now how are we feeling about this boundary? Do we want to make it a little tighter? Do we want to make it a little looser? And those things are in constant flux because your relationship is constantly changing and growing. And so that's one of the things that I love about open relationships so much is that you can, it's basically an open conversation, right? It's like, we are going to continue to make sure that this conversation this conversation, this relationship, this open relationship is continuing to meet the needs of all the people in it. All right. So we've talked about how to be successful. We've talked about some rationales. We've talked about some of the required psychological prep. Um, we talked a little bit about rules. Um, we talked about cheating and compersion. Talked about checking in and the work. Um, Oh yeah, by the way, there's a lot of different types of open relationships as well. Like sometimes they're sexual, sometimes they're not sexual, sometimes all parties are involved. Sometimes like like there's we could spend, you know, another two hours just sort of going through the open relationships. Everyone looks a little bit different. And I think that's important when you're talking about rules and boundaries, is that the people that you're in uh, a relationship with define what it looks like. And, and no two are the same, and there's no one right or wrong way to do it. All right. Any final thoughts about open relationships? How to have a successful first one, Spring? Yeah, touch your butthole first. I mean, um, check in with yourself <laughs> first. <laughs> yeah, get that reflection done. Write some stuff down. Journal a little bit, and then look at where that jealousy comes from, and unlearn a lot of negative messages that the world taught us. You don't own somebody else's sex, and you can't fulfill somebody else completely, and that's okay. All right. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. Um, I really enjoyed our month of first. Um, if you ever move into an open relationship, hopefully some of these tips and tricks will help you be more successful there. Um, if you have any questions about this episode or any other questions about relationships, about sex or sexual health, we'd love to hear from you. Um, you can call us. Uh, we have a phone number. It's 413-I-RAP-IT. Um, you can send us an email. We're the sexwrap at gmail.com. And that's rap with a W. We're really active on our Instagram and not as active on our Twitter and Facebook, but we post there as well. Um, you should check us out on our social media at The Sex Wrap. We'd love to hear from you. Bye. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or just too Music for this episode provided by the ever-elusive and mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. The Podglomerate, a sonic universe.